What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode four of the Jason Juliet podcast. Just a couple of quick updates, and I want to get straight to our guest this week. First and foremost, I am finally home from tour. I am back in Austin, Texas, and I am just sprinting to try and catch up with life. I'm really behind on a lot of stuff, but the tour was absolutely amazing. Man, uh, I think I tallied up 19 states, 13 cities, uh, 26 days, 13 guests, and 5,130 miles was the uh, the final tally for that first tour. And um, wow, what an experience. I could talk about that for a long time, but I do want to try to get right to the guest today because my guest today, George Carpenter, is an actor in New York City, and he actually has a play coming out on Monday. So I wanted to rush to make sure that I got this episode out in time so that you guys could know about his show and uh, hear some of the things that he had to say. And I'm really excited to get this out. I think that this was a great conversation. We sat down in Brooklyn, New York, and we talked about just everything. And coincidentally, if you just heard my last episode with Nate Danker, this was uh, George is the guy that we talked about. Uh, the three of us actually all worked together at one point at a bar in New York City in Manhattan. And um, th- George is just a great guy. And uh, please, he's going to be performing. He is the lead actor in Small Engine Repair that's going to be playing in Stone Street Studios in New York City, August 20th, which is this Monday through this Saturday or next Saturday, excuse me, August 26th. So Small Engine Repair, New York City, Stone Street Studios, August 20th through 26th. And without further ado, I give you Mr. George Carpenter. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live with Mr. George Carpenter. Hello. You got your monster running, yeah. and I've got my coffee. I think we're finally good to go. We're good to go. So, Mr. Carpenter, thank you very much for inviting me out here to Brooklyn. <laughs> yes, it's good to be here. It's nice to be back in New York City, man. I was up in Saratoga with Nate, as yeah. you know. That yeah. was a really good time. That must have been a party. It, a good time. We, we, uh, we had a good time. Yeah. We had fun. We went out to a few different places. He showed <laughs> me some spots around the town, as, as Nate is infamous for doing. Oh, but. Yeah. Uh, it was a good time. We mentioned you as well. Uh, fond memories. But Love them. so, how have you been, man? I'm good, man. I'm uh, I'm in the middle of uh, helping create and or, like put up uh, my next show. So that's taken uh, a lot of my time, but I've uh, really been enjoying that. So let's start there for people that don't know about you. Now, acting—that's your gig. Yeah. So you've been in New York City as an actor for how long now? Um, I came out for the first time in about 2007, and. Yeah. Wow, so you've been here for 11 years. Well, I, and I was back and forth for a while, but then since 2013, I, uh, I was, I've been pretty much full-time since okay. I graduated from, nice. from NYU. Yeah. And as you just mentioned, you're about to put out a second show, but you've already done one, and tell me about that one, because that was your first one, and yeah. I remember like talking to you through yeah. that process, yeah. the process of putting it together, and like, oh my God, we're actually doing this. Yeah, it was happening. Um, I mean, it was... It was a challenge uh, at the beginning of just figuring out that you're going to put something up. You know what I mean? It's uh, to put yourself out there. Yeah, because a, a lot like when you you know when you graduate, you think you're just gonna like walk out and walk on. You know what I mean? And yep. like you know, fortunately, some people do. And and it was you know a humbling experience to go from you know going to school and thinking 
doing really well, but uh, and then you, you know you wake up and you're you're working at a bar. And yeah, you like, hit the real world and you're like, wait a minute. You're like, yeah, it's like you know. I thought I was supposed to be on Broadway yeah, right now. What's exactly, going on? What's, exactly. Wait a minute. It's been like six months. What's it's happening? Like, why, why hasn't <laughs> it happened yet? And um, so there were there was a couple years of just auditioning and like thinking you're getting close and you know having some pretty cool auditions and. But then, you know, nothing coming together, and then you're not with that agency anymore, and then it's like, all right, so are we going to, you know, you're auditioning for different stuff and paying to audition for people. And Dude, the, the similarities between the acting stuff that you're talking about and, and the music stuff that I went through, like, just the way it's so hard as an artist to break into the professional side of any industry. Right. I mean, it's really set up against you, and it's... You know, because it's you're so vulnerable. You know, it's like, hey, this is the thing that I want to do. Right. And companies know that. They yeah. know that you'll do anything to get your name out there, to get with the right people, to, you know, to make well, this yeah. happen. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of that, especially at, that people, I think, can take advantage of that for sure. Like Absolutely. You're, you're out there and they're like, oh, this is what they want. We're going to tell them, you know, anything that they want to get them to that spot. So you, you got to figure out, like, who, who actually has your best interest at heart and who doesn't. And after a while, that it was kind of like, all right, let's. Uh, I'm tired of just auditioning in the dark for you know, people that may not have the best interest for me. So let's let's put a play up. And that was so. So when did that happen? When did you start thinking? You know what? I'm done with all this other stuff. I want to do this on my own. Um, uh, my friend Ryan came to me in April of 2016. And, okay. And he said he's like, Yo, man, how's this? How's this going? Like, are you? Is it? happening i'm like well i'm you know at these places auditioning for agents and stuff and you know i've gotten some traction but nothing's really taken off and he's like why don't we put up our own piece and so uh, just like that yeah. overnight you're like and, well and you know and so i brought some other friends in and i uh i was like all right let's do the best we can to tell a story that we think is relevant to today and and try to get people there to help us uh you know move move the ball forward so tell me about that story, because that's something that I wanted to talk about is how, you know, just the, the things that are happening in our lives, the events of our lives, the times that we live in shape the stories that we tell. So, yeah. so talk me through that, that first play that you put out. What was it? What was the story? What inspired it? Um, the first play was called Tape by Stephen Belber, and it was uh, about two uh, best friends in, uh, in high school. They were, you know, best buddies, and... Uh, one one of the guys was in love with uh, the girl, this this one girl, and the other guy had had a relationship with the girl, and the uh, best friend is coming to see his other friend's opening weekend of his first movie. So the whole whole play takes place in a hotel room, and the 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 crux of the play uh, is on uh, did the one guy have a consensual relationship with this girl or not, and so I get him to confess. Um, on tape that it was not consensual. And then I'm like, hey, dude, by the way, um, she's on her way here, so we'll all talk about it together. I remember yeah. that. Man. I remember calling you, like, after I saw it, I was like, because you never know what to expect. Yeah. I didn't know, there was no movie trailer, Nothing. there's no teasers, it's yeah. just like, here's a play. Here's a, here's a room of people talking, what's happening Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And and when it came to that part, I was just like, dude, this is getting serious. Yeah, like, I was just serious. so drawn in, so quick. Yeah. But, okay, so, so, so go ahead and finish. So, um... You know, I mean, I, I feel like, and I think this is this is before the Me Too movement and all that really took off as well. Right. But like, besides that, it was I don't know. I, I, I was I'm drawn to stories of uh, of people who 
you know, have something that they had to leave behind or something that, uh, it's not resolved. You know what I mean? Like an unresolved dilemma. Yeah, like just, like sand in your soul. You know what right. I mean? Where it's just like, listen, this isn't going away. This is going to be with you. And so, so you're sort of designing the the movie around this cathartic experience of these uh, the the characters in your in your show. Yeah. Sort of having to clash with this reality, yeah, I mean, having to face the music. I like that a lot because you know I think. I mean, you know, we're in like the social media age where it's pretty much like, look how great my Facebook status is. You know? like, <laughs> And it, look it's at all, all that matters. Stuff. And everything is is manicured in a way that like makes you look great or like tells the story that you want to tell. And I think that a lot of people feel really alone because that's not what they actually think about 95% of the day. I got a good friend in nursing school named Sean. Uh, I love this kid. He had a, he has a t-shirt that he wore that I almost changed to my entire like background or cover photo or whatever. Right. And it said, I hope your life is as happy as you pretend it is on Facebook. Oh, man. yeah, it, I, And I mean, that says it all. It really does, because it's like exactly like you said. You, you put forward this this presence or this yeah. persona, and it's it's not you. It's not that. It's not there. I, I, I had this artist in Florida. I had bought a T-shirt at, at the mall in like a few years ago, and it was just some lonely-looking creature guy with like a 100 screens in front of him. And then, and on it, it all the screen, one of one of the screens says, "Is there anyone out there?" And then it was like him trying to reach for the like button, and I was like, "Oh, oh my man. god!" Like, it's like seriously hits that's home. That's pretty deep. <laughs> yeah, like that. That, but you know, at the same time, I think there's good stuff about. It. I mean, it helps me stay connected with family in a way. Absolutely. But after, I don't know, eight months of it, I was off it for like six, seven years, and then I was like, "Well, it's probably good to come back just to like check in on people." Yeah, you know, and you. And, and sometimes it's the only way you get information. Like you, you find things out that you're like, "Whoa, I didn't know that." You yeah. Know, so, 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 talk me through that. That's another thing that I wanted to talk about. So, so your first one was done in two thousand sixteen. So that, that was April of no. That, so the, the 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 seed of the idea was April two thousand sixteen. We didn't actually get the play up until April of two thousand seventeen. That's yeah. right. That's right. I'm sorry, I missed. So that took there. like a year of uh, you know planning and getting everything together and having everyone come together, and then we had the had the play, and honestly, that that process, uh, I was kind of giving everything, you know, to to that. It was uh, my whole life at, for a while. It was like really, it really kind of took over. So I know the feeling. Yeah, <laughs> and like in a way where you know, it, if it was done correctly, it could have been a really good thing. But I think it was, it took over a little bit too much. So after like five years, last summer, I kind of took some time to like do some soul searching, you know, get to God and like clear out. It's it, it's an it's an important step once in a while. Yeah. Just like take a step back and breathe. Uh, yeah, and you know I, I'm I'm very much like next thing. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And so it was like a point where I'm like, okay, doing this isn't working. Let's take a step back and realize, you know, what's what's actually more important. And and then, you know, refuel, reorient, you know how I'm doing things and then step back into it. So dude, even the realization, even saying things aren't working, what could I be doing differently right. is a question and a statement in itself that people don't ask themselves. A yeah. lot of people don't even have the courage to answer that honestly. Like, yeah. well, if I'm unhappy, can I change anything about it? Yeah. You know, I mean that that's just the maturity to even ask that question and then to take action on it is yeah. awesome. It was, uh, I don't know. I needed, I need a lot of things. I still do. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> Dude, don't we all? <laughs> don't we all? Don't we all? Like, yep. <laughs> it, was, um, it was a good summer. I felt, uh, you know, I, I went some camping with some church people. It was really fun. Nice. And like hung out and uh, just really 
I don't know, tried to help in community here. Yeah. And uh, that was really good. And uh, so, so what, uh, at what point when your second one got off the ground, and I wanted to tie this back a little bit to social media because right. one of the things that I found is that I've always been resistant to social media except when I've been quote, required to use it for creative projects. Right. So when I was playing music down in Florida and New York City and stuff, I had to be on the Facebook, promoting the band, yeah. all that kind of stuff, the MySpace all way that. back in the yeah, day. Yeah, MySpace. But I noticed now getting back and doing this podcasting, I am going to have to open up a can of worms with social media marketing and doing all this stuff. I mean, because that's the way people hear about you. Right. So how have you managed your social media time, like how much time you're spending on it and stuff with yeah. the fact that you need to promote an artistic product. Um, okay. So I remember it was, I think I, in last November, I, I went and saw the last match, which is a play on, on, uh, on Broadway. Okay. And I was still on Facebook from like my last, last stint of the play. Like I was still okay. like, yeah, you know, I was, <laughs> I, I, I'd come back for my play to like promote my play. And then right. I found myself like obsessing over like tough mutter pictures and like, you know, like, <laughs> Checking in on like you know everybody, and I'm just like, all right, this is too, too much. So I saw that, and it was I, f- I was really inspirational. So like my last thing was like, go see the last match. And I'm like, why am I on Facebook anymore? Like I need to get <laughs> off of this. So I took I took it off, and then we started to really focus on the project. And um, my you know both both the guys there the co-stars yeah the co-stars okay. of, the, of the, the well there's there's it's there's four people in the play okay um my my friend Andy's out in uh, California he's in it too. And he's coming out for the play, but both of them wow. are really good at the uh, social media aspect of it. And you know, my friend Julio created the posters; they look great and like stuff like that. And so, I wanted to get people involved too that were better at things than I was. That's the way to go. You know? Yeah, and like he, he's great at it. Like you know, and they, it looks great. They're getting it out there. So yeah, I came back to uh, you know make sure like everyone knows so people can come and start like get, getting connected and moving in the right direction with it. So, so between the, the four of you, you yeah. said, so and be- the director Bailey, she's great too. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. there's, there's like five people working on this project. Yeah. So between the five of you, you kind of have like all the slots filled of things that you would need to put this out. I mean, yeah, it's definitely, everyone brings something different to the table. Right. And okay. everyone realizes that like, this isn't a Broadway production, but like it, it, it requires amount, like everyone in some way or another is a producer. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, how are you going to get the lawnmower for this? I don't know. <laughs> how are we going to like get anyone that's relevant to, you know, hopefully get there? Let's talk about it. Where are we going to take the next meeting? How are we going to get someone there? And then like, yeah. I, and you know what? Like solving those problems, yeah. I mean, you learn so much. Yeah. I mean, that that's really where so much of the growth happens of, you know, getting better is like, okay, we got a problem to solve. Nobody's ever solved it before. Who's got an idea? Right. And then hopefully if that problem ever comes up, you know, five years down the road, whenever, right. now you've got some experience. And you're always, you know, playing it as like we, we're going to get a publicist this time. Like there's more nice. stuff going into it than before. And it's, it's, so it's, and you know, along with all of that, one thing I've learned is like, Having a unified vision between everybody. I found that that's something I learned between the first and second Huge. one. Huge. That's important because if you've got contrasting viewpoints, it becomes this like deep clash that you're not really sure. Right. Uh, it's almost subconscious. Yeah. Of, of just so you're like, well, we didn't yell at each other, but like no one agreed on anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, how do you... So this time going into it, I'm like, I want everyone to be more on the same page. And I think that... So how did you how did you achieve that? Not to cut you off, but I mean, because that's... I mean, dude, that's the $64,000 question. I mean, how do you get everybody on a team to well, have the same vision? I think I think it first goes down to like 
enjoy, and enjoying the people that you're around. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I remember when I came into the, to the Belfry and met you, like, I'm like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> and like, he's, you know, he's, he's going to, and, and, or pretended to yeah, really well. Really, really well. I Faked you it were just, really well. You were described to me as the, the tornado. by Because the only yeah. reason I got hired is because you cut your hand, if I remember correctly. Dude, I put a gla- I have the picture. Oh, I should post it on uh, with this interview. I have a picture. I put a glass through my hand. Yeah. Now, now in, in fairness to those of you cringing, it was just the webbing between my thumb and index finger. Yeah. But you could see through it when I held my hand up. Yeah. So, yeah, I was unable to work. And I, I do believe that was why they hired me. That you. was why they hired me. They're like, hey, uh, this guy just cut his hand. Can you work here? And I was like, yeah. Because I, 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 I called. I'm like, I'll do anything. Because like, I went yeah. to like bartending school for a week. Which is another, you know. You don't For need, those of you out there, don't go. Don't don't ever don't go to bartending go. school. It's ridiculous. I'm yeah. sorry, bartending. Fi- fi- yeah, I, I apologize. I'm sure. I mean, hey, there might be some people out there. There might be some good schools, and I, you know, I don't want to be yeah. disparaging on on the show. I like keep it positive, but I think that a good mentor is yeah. is a great substitute for almost any kind of formal and that's anything. you know you were that a lot for me to like get me and that was the thing is i knew well, thanks, nothing man, going into that. yeah i knew nothing going into bartending i literally was just like hi i'm like i'm here <laughs> and and you know you had nothing to gain and you taught me a lot of stuff and i appreciate that well i you know what though I, to me teaching is its own sort of reward and i don't mean that in a, like in a cliche way but i became so much better at doing all that stuff from teaching the mm-hmm. staff that was there yeah. because you know, when you teach something, you have to think, okay, how am I going to reorganize this into different digestible chunks of information right. that are going to make the most sense to people? And it makes you reevaluate what you know. Right. And I mean, that's, you know, that that uh, hierarchy of learning, the I think. But it, yeah, they say that the, there's nothing you can do to retain more information or understand your craft better than to teach it. That's fair. And so, I mean, to me, it wasn't, I mean, yeah, I wanted to help you guys, yeah. but I wanted to get better myself and yeah. figure that stuff and out. That and that summer was intense because it was going from like, you know, just kind of chilling to like every night was the it transition. And there was like seven of us there, so it was like I don't know. Yeah. This is my ninth day, and I can't walk. But yep. we're gonna be here till five a.m. Like Let's go. seventy hours a week, yeah. eighty hours a week, and then you're there till six a.m. counting oh, money. But re- like, oh my oh. god, what's going on? I remember when when um you these guys were like they were kind of like trying to fight me at, or something at some point. Oh, and are you talking about the three dudes the, that came in super it late? Was, it was like f- literally 3.45 a.m. on a Tuesday, and we're still there. And these guys came in, and you just stepped over the bar, and there was like this Wild West showdown between me and you <laughs> and these three guys. And they're like, and, and you're like, maybe you guys should just go home. And I, <laughs> and, and I'm Dude, just I was like taking it. a page from Mike's book of like, everybody stay calm. Everyone stay calm. And we, we did. There yeah. was no fight. There, there was, was like, nothing everyone happened. Stayed, everyone, it was just like this giant, like, it's about to go down. Right. You but it, it went the way it should have. It really did. It, it went the way it should have. It was been. really close to like going. I remember that was like my first experience, one of the first experiences of like, this could have gotten really bad really well, quickly. I mean, then that that's a lot that's one thing people don't understand about the the bar and restaurant industry is like that stuff, not so much in the restaurant industry, but those big confrontations, those happen a lot. You have yeah. to learn how to navigate those situations. It's constantly about diffusing. Exactly. I, do, I do everything I can exactly. to diffuse the situation. It's just yep. like, hey, no, hey, let's talk about this. Hey, hey, no. hey, hey, a- any, hey anything, what song do you want to hear? Like <laughs> anything that's gonna keep your hands below your waist is like, it's yeah, like yeah, anything. It, it, you it, tell it's me. It's a lot harder to throw down when you put on like some like Top 40 Ariana Grande yeah. song. 
Like, okay, this is getting a little weird. Like, yep. what if we just put something on and, like, the four girls over there started singing? Like, oh, that would diffuse the situation. Exactly. Like, anything. Drop the drama and, like, make everyone come back to you. And, dude, those are lessons for life. Yeah. I mean, if you can learn how to manage those situations when people are drunk, it is so easy to manage them when people are sober. That was one thing I really liked about that is it definitely felt like there was seven of us against the world. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That was, We were a team. We were yeah, a tight crew. Yeah, it was we a tight, tight crew. And, yeah, and it's something that you can't... It, it was very magical then, and like it's come back to that time and time again. But it's something that takes time, and like until until things go south, it's hard to bond with people in some way. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, what what's the saying? Nothing unites people faster and stronger than a common enemy. You yeah. know, and, and yeah. when it was us against the world, it was like, all right, Let's we got this. Suit up. This it's is day it's nine. Go time. <laughs> 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 Oh man! But okay, so okay, so t- back t- tell me, yeah, yeah, tell me about all about this project. Okay. So when's it coming out? Where's it going to be? So like, this let- is um, the next project is called Small Engine Repair. Okay, and it's about a guy bringing his. I play the uh, Frank, who's bringing his two best friends, childhood friends, back to uh, meet up with him at uh, his small engine repair shop. And uh, these guys were really h- close high school buddies. Um, Frank had the guy I play has a daughter that he had with his girlfriend in high school and him and the girl have had a him and the high school, high school girlfriend baby's mama right, right. yeah okay. the baby him and the baby mama mama. have had a, a difficult relationship so he's been pretty much an only father throughout like okay yeah the whole thing he's bringing his two friends to like pretty much party and get drunk at, at his at his uh small engine repair shop but really he's brought them there uh for other reasons. Okay. So there's, so this there's, is this is another like another twist face the one. moment like yeah. plot twist right yeah. here. Okay. Yeah. So I'm excited about well, that. Well, dude, I definitely obviously I want to know what it is, but yeah. we, you know we can't can't spoil don't it. I want to ruin it on, yeah. on air. I honestly don't even want to know off air. I'd rather you just do the same thing you did last time and Send just be like, video. dude, here's the video. Mm-hmm. But okay, so for those those of you who live in New York City, where's this going to be this at? This is going to be at uh, Stone Street Studios. Okay. Um, which is on uh, 21st Street. From August twentieth to twenty uh, sixth, and we could put a link in the yeah, absolutely. Thing for it, so. And I felt bad because you said twentieth to twenty sixth, right? And you texted that to me, and I was looking at my calendar, and I was like, yeah, I can make it. And then like two weeks later, like, I was like, dude, that's the wrong month. The, I can make it. That's in July totally the wrong month. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna be there in July, not August. So yeah. I'm gonna miss it again. But yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. can't wait to see it yeah, eventually with the tape. Yeah, but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll link that uh, for sure yeah. to the episode. Yeah. Or, so once this thing's done, like. If what's you've thought this far ahead, like what's like the five year goals or like what do you think you're going to do next? Or does a lot of it depend on how this is received, how it goes? I mean, that's definitely a, a large part of it. Like, because okay. after the last production, uh, one of the main questions that like keeps coming up for me is like, where does school, oh, sorry, no, where does, uh, where does school play in to all this? Do you know what I mean? Or I even, know exactly what you mean because right, I'm yeah. still in it. Well, yeah, because <laughs> you were, you know, you were doing your thing here, and then when you left the Belfry, it was like you're going to go back to school and like do things and live in. The, I mean, you were going li- to go live in the woods and like hang out. And I would there. I, I had a moment. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had disappeared. I went, I went through a phase where I was like, dude, I am about to just like flush my electronics down the toilet, go get an axe, and live in the woods. Right, like, I, I was like, I, would, I had had it with, with civilization. About this. Yeah, yeah. Where you're just like, I'm disappearing, and I'm like, but you're leaving here. You're like, yeah, I gotta go. And and like that, and I remember you set the schedule out for that week. Yep, and you weren't on it. And I'm like. <laughs> And I'm like, he's leaving. I'm like, what are we going to do? I literally Irish goodbye New York. I knew you were leaving. I I was just like, 
uh, here's the schedule. Here's the I schedule. came in on Sunday, made it sure was, everything was okay, right. and then got on a plane. You literally, and then you're like, and I'm like, that's it. And then everyone's like, he just left. And I'm like, I understand. <laughs> yeah, like, I totally get it. <laughs> but like, meanwhile, you're thinking, oh, that son of a bitch, that was my idea. No, but like, I was, I was at the beginning of like something, and I felt like you, you were ready to go to the next thing. Yeah. And I understood where you, what you were doing and why you're doing it. So, Something that really has been interesting to me over the, uh, like, because graduating from school, I felt like I was really at the top of my game in a lot of ways. Okay. Which was great. Yeah, the knowledge is fresh. The no- the, but even more than that, like, you know when you really, you feel like you're really killing it and like just on top of okay. something? I felt like that when okay. I was leaving school. Now, two months later, after your ninth day in the row, like working in like a bar and like, you know, now you're living in Brooklyn and, and you have like rent to pay and student loans and everything coming up. It's like, okay, great. So in, in an academic situation, you were crushing it. Do you know what I mean? How can you get that level of being on it and like being that close to God and doing what you need to do with your life and like really bringing it to the table every day in the real world? Yeah. That's something that, – that has something that like I have somehow on my own been like deeply looking into. Okay, so let me put you on the spot here. What have you – how have you answered that question so okay. far? What have you found out? Like, so what have I found out about that? Um, I would say, uh, number one, you have to find out what's actually important to you. Specifically, like that means like what does it take for you to bring a level of something that you're proud of? Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so for me, it's, it's like, I don't know if how this is for you, but like with relationships, whether it's friendships or like you know, intimate relationships or whatever it is, there's certain people that you have like a deep, connection with yeah you know what i mean and you talk to him for 10 minutes and it's like dude, dude you get me i, got, I feel like i've known you for like right, 10 years exactly. with like, you i'm okay. like this guy is going to be important to me even and the thing was wow. is we only had like four months together that's true yeah i mean the, if you really look at it i was there in june you were gone by like the first of september when i look at my time at the belfry how quickly i knew some of the staff there yeah. and how close we got how yeah. fa- it, it was amazing that was and so it was you know and so the people that i have that like deep connection with I think it's important to keep them in your life if you can. But in terms of like getting on your A game, you have to make sure that those people have your best intentions at, at, at heart too. Absolutely. You know I mean? Because if you're letting, if, if you're really, if you like, for, I'm someone that really cherishes that, you know, like for you have like a kinship with somebody. Right. You have to make sure that like if you're going to let people into that circle, that they also have good intentions for you too. I, th- I think that you touched on something that's a really important point is that. Who you let into your life says a lot about you because right. there's there's the the saying that I totally agree with that you're you're sort of a combination of the you know it, it's different five people that are closest to you six seven people but it's true like those people that are close to you in your life the the ones that are around you all the time you end up sort of adapting you right. know or absorbing through osmosis the same yeah. sort of character traits and behaviors that they have yeah. And a lot of times people don't think about who those people are. Right. And it's not, you know, I don't, my, my entire intention with this podcast is to, you know, try and, you know, help people to learn and, you know, teach people to, you know, be more kind, choose happiness, you know, like positive stuff. But at the same time, some, there are negative people out there right. in life, you know, and you have to, you gotta be careful. there's only 24 hours in the day. Right. You only got one life. There's negative people out there. And at the end of the day, you choose how much time you want to spend interacting with those types of people and there's only so much you can do it's why i always tell people that i have some of the best friends in the world because the people that knew me when i like the way i was when i was like way younger the fact that they're still friends with me now after that i mean like those are good people yeah and you know a lot of the the stuff that like the last play and this play at least for sure they both deal with uh 
people that you had like that special connection with that are no longer part of your life or right. in some, some way like that. There yeah. is sort yeah, you know what? Now that you say that, there is sort of a connection there of like going back like the, to like I, a past. The one, like if, if you, you know, I, I, that's always something that fascinated me. It's like if you had uh, one last night to say one more thing or do one thing differently, or if you had done one thing differently, what would things be like now? That's something that like, you know, that, and I don't know, I guess it's because like, I have a challenge like connecting with people the way that I want to, you know what I mean? Like okay. you think you're going to leave new, you know, leave, leave Ohio behind and like come here and like make, you know, everything's going to be like it was before, but it's definitely like a, you were in Eden. There was a fall from Eden and now it's like, can we get back and who can survive? You know, like it's more like the zombie apocalypse now. Right. It's like, it's like, you, <laughs> you know, you leave, everyone leaving school or whatever it is. And you're like, Oh, this is going to be great. And then like three months later, there's like you and five people left actually doing the thing. And like, yeah. I mean, really, like, you know, like, are you, do you really still want to go for it? You know what I mean? And like, that's challenging. So, I mean, like, there's a, there's like, you know, I've, I've often thought like, what if I, what if I just disappeared into the, you know, uh, go, gone down to Florida and like read a whole bunch of books and worked out a lot alone, just away from the world and then came back. Could it, would that help things move things forward? I, I mean, but, if, if you're asking me directly, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I did. I mean, you know, I played music uh, it, to the best of my ability up until yeah. I was about 30 years old, put the drumsticks down, and I didn't really do anything creative. I mean, I did some boxing and stuff like that, but I mean, well, no no real creative outlets it, it, other than now this podcast six years yeah. later. But yeah. I, I will say this, I would have to answer that question, yes. Like yeah. taking six years off of doing any creative outlets and just sort of taking another stab at life, mm-hmm. I really sort of started over. I went back to college. Yeah. I got to move to a new city. Well, I remember when you came out and visited last time. I'm like, "What are you doing?" And you're like, "And you're like, I'm in nursing school." And I kept asking you, like, "Well, what are you doing?" Because like, I'm just, I was trying to get to like, there's got to be something else that you're yeah, doing. Yeah, and honestly, I had nothing at that point. Yeah, I was like, just like, like no, dude, just, I, yeah. I, right now it's just nursing school. Yeah. But then this, you know, this stuff, these these podcasts really helped change my life. You know, yeah. when I started listening to some of the podcasts and. You know, to be a fly on the wall of some of those intellectual conversations that happen between people that are like truly well-educated, well-informed, they've thought about what they're going to say, it's based on a lot of research that they've done, those are really valuable information uh, conversations, and they taught me a lot of information, and I wanted to do the same thing, and I started getting this bug in my ear like, dude, I think I could start a podcast, like I think I could make this happen, I mean... Imagine how much value I've gained from these. Like, what if I could help give some of that value back? Yeah. So for me, the time off, um, it helped a lot because it, it, it sort of put my life in perspective and it gave me a little bit more, more clarity so that yeah. when I came back to do something like a podcast, I learned from the mistakes last time and I can just do a little bit better. I have a better perspective. And yeah, I think something like I've learned like along the way in terms of like getting on your A-game, it's like stay away from, the, for me at least, it's like stay away from the party scene. Stay away from relationships that you're like, I know this is never going anywhere. Right. Listen so, to your gut. Right. It's like, so like, don't waste your time, your energy, and like, don't, don't complicate your life by, by like trying to invest in relationships that you're like, at the end of the day, you don't have the thing that I need or that we need to make this a real thing. So let's not waste each other's time. Right. You know? And, and you, you mentioned the prioritization. Yeah. The, you know, just how much time do I have? Like, is this going to, is right. this, is this a relationship I need? Is this something, is this person going to bring value yeah. to my life? Yeah. Or, you know, all that. And so it's like, you know, it's like, I, I get a lot from like running. So I like work out a lot, 
and that helps. You I know. just looked over at my notes, and me and Nate were talking about this the other night. Oh, Nate. Energy. Nate. Energy. Dude, like, you're, you're talking about this. You're doing a Tough Mudder tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, yeah. And you it. work out a lot. You eat very healthy. You yeah. stay away from drugs and alcohol. Yeah. You do, I mean, you're like a clean living guy, and I love that because I am a healthy lifestyle enthusiast. I but, mean, I got my energy drinks, but that's like, you know, pretty much. I mean, well, thing, we all yeah. have our vices. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sucking down 30 ounces of coffee yeah. over here, and I'll yeah. probably have a beer or a couple tonight. There I mean, you, you know, we've all got our little stuff here and there but i mean you've always been a healthy guy and you know when me and nate were talking about like this guy's got so much energy yeah. i mean you were just like a little fireball it's yeah. like 10 hours into the shift and you're bouncing around and I you're like what going. can i do what can i do yeah. I can, i'm good i'm good can i go get? and i'm like oh my god like is this guy going downstairs and like I was bringing doing up ice meth five, yeah. like oh my god like he just has so much energy i've He's always never... been a night owl that's like one thing that definitely i think helped okay you know I, mean? I i think uh, so i don't know I wasn't always a healthy guy. You know what I mean? I think it was like a slow... I remember it was honestly 10 years ago. Like 2008, at the end of the summer, I was partying all summer with like close friends from Ohio. Yeah. And like it was... The question at the time was... uh, I mean, it was like, am I going to leave alone or can I get these people to come with me? Or are we just like going to stay here and party till everyone's dead like what's the what's the game plan right now guys like so what's the five-year plan right, yeah it, it wasn't even the five-year plan it was like what about everything that we talked about like you know i mean it was like life wasn't about i wasn't happy with just talking about what i wanted to do with my life and then reminiscing about it for the rest of my life dude that is keep going yeah, but yeah that, like, that happened with me and a bunch of my music friends that, too all you the know time what I'm where it was very much like mean? what do i mean like is this it like are we gonna you know, did we just talk about that from like when we were seven till like we were 18 and now we're just going to like get drunk? Right. Like, and it's it's like you feel like sort of the a-hole because you're standing up like, hey, were, were you guys just like talking kidding? nonsense? Because yeah. I was super serious I was when I was serious. like, hey, let's move to California and get a house Start together. Band. Let's yeah. all live together and do this. Let's buy a vehicle, go on the Something. road. Like, let's all get the jobs at the same spot. And like, yeah, like, let's right. do all that kind of stuff. And that was hard. That was, I mean, that was, that was those just, realizations that you were the only one that was being serious, right? Or, or, or even if other people were being serious, it, something else got in their way. You know what I mean? And and it wasn't even their fault. You know what I mean? Or yeah, like, life happens. Or like family got in the way, yeah. or whatever it is. It, it's it's a challenge because it's like, you know, it's it's a question. It's one of the, I think it's something I'm going to be visiting with like a lot in my life. Or it's like it's like what you know a lot of people are called maybe not everyone i don't know wants to do it as much or like for me it was very much like i'm like when i was older would i be able to live with myself if i didn't do this there you go that seems to be i was in a business meeting uh the other day with the uh, small business administration which uh sba.gov like just a totally free service i went in and i was talking to the guy that was there and he said I can tell, like, I I help people start businesses for a living. I develop business plans for a living. I can tell the type of people who are going to be successful because they're the type of people who come in and say, if I don't do this, I'm going to kick myself in the rear end for the rest of my life. Like, I'm going to regret it if I don't do it. So that that brings me perfectly to one of the big questions I wanted to ask you. Why acting? Like, you're obviously a very meticulous, dedicated, driven guy. Like, you have a you know, mind that likes to figure things out. Right. Why acting right. and not music? Why acting and not... Um, well, honestly, I feel, like, called to do acting. Like, I mean, like, it's, it's the most spiritual answer I can give you. Okay. Not, not, like, 
And it, that's, it could sound like so egotistical. Oh, this is my calling. Like, I have to do this. That's not really what I'm trying to do. But I just, like, it was something when I was a kid that always kept coming up. Like, I remember being in sixth grade and, like, Star Wars Episode One came out, <laughs> and like the young kid was Anakin in it, and yeah. I remember like I was like twelve, and I'm like I failed at life, like he's made it before me, <laughs> and it was so I was seriously upset. I just yeah. being, I'm, I'm like I'm like I, I can't believe that I'm twelve and he's like nine and he's already Anakin Skywalker, yep. and I'm like I'm like I, I just don't know if I'm gonna do it. <laughs> like I was That's really it. upset, and that was throwing like, in the towel, and I, was, <laughs> and I was literally in Ohio, like and it was like having this moment of just like I'm like why am I not there yet, like and it was so like heartbreaking yeah. looking back on it, but then like you know. Uh, and and I think that didn't really come back. It was always I was I was a big poker player actually growing up. Really? Yeah, that was my thing. Like before, like acting was my thing. I in high school, my family always played, and it's like something we would still do at like Christmas and really? Thanksgiving. And so, grow in high school, that was what I thought I was going to do. Like that was I was super committed. I mean, I, I'm talking about like. Every day, hours and hours a day, every day. So you were like studying statistical probabilities I mean, yeah, of hands. I, and I, like, I, I would, I would be, I would read every poker book and be playing online poker every day, and like be watching the World Series of poker. So were you financially? I, I mean, yeah, you I mean, break like, even. No, I was profit. I was, you were. I was doing really well in high school. Wow. Yeah, like it was, it was. You know, my parents. I was a camp counselor, and then and then <laughs> and an online gambler. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> I was a camp counselor, um, and then I... Not sure if I'm going to send my kids to that yeah, camp. I, no, don't, I, don't was, was, I don't know. I don't know. This is before. And then, and then uh, me and my friend Chris and a couple of my best friends were working in his dad's telemarketing office. So, like, literally, I was calling people when I was, like, in 10th grade and be like, hi, we're coming down there. We want to, like, sell you guys some health insurance. Like, I would, like, put on accents. I would do, like, all this stuff in, like, 10th grade just to, like, be competing with my friends to get more leads at a telemarketing wow. office. And then I'm like, we, we had like, I had a solid chunk. So every night we would, we would do telemarketing at his dad's office. And it was like me and like seven guys. And then we would go to my basement and play poker all night long. I'd get up the next day and like go hang out somewhere and go to the telemarketing office, play poker all night long. And then I remember I was getting my hair cut and uh, I was literally 16. This is a true story. And this guy, uh, uh, it, was, it was at Rich's uh, Creative Image in Strongsville, Ohio. And this guy's like, I'm talking about like Super System by Doyle Brunson. He's like, listen, I got this phone number of these uh, underground uh, of these this rotating charity poker circuit in Ohio that uh, they let people play. So if you want this phone number, I could give it to you, and you guys could go there. So me and my friend Chris got in a got in a car and went to like Middle Ohio. Like this is very much like Rounders. Like, like this, they, like they gave you an address and they were like, no, just show it, up it, here. You just call this phone number. It's like charity poker nights will be at. At Knights of Columbus Hall in Canton, Ohio, yeah, this weekend, at okay. Vietnam Hall or whatever, and so we went, and we were literally sixteen, and we're wearing like college hoodies, and they got like, "You guys got IDs?" We're like, "No, but we have a lot of money, and like we have credit cards. Does that do anything?" Like, <laughs> and, and they're like, "All right, we'll let you play." Yeah, and like, and so I and I and there was a tournament that Sunday, and I got to the final table the first time I got to. The, Are I, you serious? Yeah, I did, and so like, I was literally like. 16 and a half and like I'm wearing sunglasses and the hat like with a, like a Miami of Ohio like or, straight or, off of ESPN yeah, 2 yeah it was very much like I was trying to be, look I had like a hustler t-shirt on and stuff like <laughs> this like I was trying to look older than I was but that like got me so they knew who I was by getting to that final table yeah and so like then me and my friends that fall like every weekend that we would like go to these go to these underground you know charity poker wow. in, in Ohio that was like a, it was huge and then I remember my senior getting back to acting yeah, and like what happened? Like, so how did what, you get made, from like yeah, what, crushing it there? Seriously, to like, pretty successful. It sounded it was, like it I mean, was good. We we were on track, it, and then uh, 
my senior year, I remember I was in, uh, I was, I was going to go home and play a sit and go, which is like an online small tournament. And it was like the last day for, um, auditions for a piece of my heart, which is like this Vietnam play that was going on that they were going to do that fall. And I'm just like, and I just, I was just like thinking back and I'm just like, well, cause I had done like choir and show choir. That was like a good right. part of high school. And I'm like, do I go and like audition for this thing or do I not? Or do I go home and play poker? And uh, I'm just like, uh, I'm gonna, I, I gotta go. And and I went and I auditioned. And it's so almost like on a whim. It was kind you're, of like I, just I, like, I really eh. wanted to go home because I had like a really strict structure of like I want to go home, I want to play poker, I want to take a nap, I want to get up, I want to watch, you know, I want to like go work right. Out. You had like, your I had routine. my regimen set yeah. up, and I'm just like, well, I got room for like an audition. Uh, you know, it, it was just like the high school play. Yeah, and you know that. That opened up, and then like you know, I started dating a girl that was in the drama department, and like that. And turned then into there was a girl. Then there was a, exactly. Then, and then there, there was, was a girl. girl, and then and then know. all the plans went out the window, <laughs> and then everything. Had, I ended up in jail <laughs> the first night. Like yeah, one of those stories. That it got, got it got intense. It was yeah. a good time. Yeah. So so was it? What was it? Was it when you were doing the play? When you were on stage, or was it just like the you entire know, experience? Honestly, it was like I remember being in that fall production, and you know, because I I had a couple solid friend groups in in high school but i just remember it was like three weeks into into rehearsal or something and i remember like just getting a chair and sitting in the back of the auditorium and like it was it was like i was like one of the only guys in the play which is you know pretty cool and uh, yeah right yeah and then uh there was everyone was just on stage rehearsing i just remember sitting there and just feeling like i'm like i don't want to be anywhere else like this is this is for me like, really? this is home this is what i need to be doing and like i just i i was like that almost goes back to like going with your gut. Like you, yeah. had, you had like some sort of like it internal visceral like, subconscious. There was a lot of things going into it, and I've always really enjoyed, you know, in terms of acting. Of like, I think people are natural storytellers. Like they need, like, like if you look at when people do their day, like you know, we've got like so much TV right now. But like, really, I think people, you know, they they get lost in the surface of social media. I think maybe part of the reason that like every like there's so much like. TV going on right now because people really need people don't go to the theater really anymore you know people need stories to like figure out life I, w- I was listening the other day and somebody said something that resonated I wish I could remember uh, who said it or where I heard it but they basically said that as human beings nowadays with all this technology we're sort of outsourcing our experiences in life you know like the things that you used to go and do yourself now you sit on your couch and you turn Netflix on and you watch actors do it yeah, and I've, it's like I mean that that what does that do to an entire civilization after you know so many years of nobody going and really you know something I think that with the, in terms of that and how that has hit me is like when when you're with somebody like right now we have both our phones on silent yeah you know and uh, we're not plugged in anything we're, and like it's gonna be on the internet eventually but like we're sitting down and having a legitimate conversation about the things that are meaningful in our life right. And we have no means of escaping that conversation. It's just you and me looking at each other yeah. with these little microphones. We got headphones, headphones on and everything. On. We can't, we can't we hear anything else. We're from the world. Yeah, like we're in a is, bubble. We're in a bubble doing our thing, right? People have a constant means of escape 24-7 right now. Right. Immediately, you, you can't be forced into like any... Uh, it, it's, a, it's a lot harder to be put into a situation where you take each other seriously without constantly being able to check in on something that isn't in front of you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like... You can be checking in on politics. You can be checking in on movie trailers. You can be checking in on a hundred things. You can have headphones in. You could 
you, you could, you're constantly watching other people's curated feeds of how they want to do it, which yep. is, you know, it's part of it, but at the same time, legitimate human relationship and stuff like that is an art form that is diminishing. I believe it is an art form. And, and honestly, one of the reasons I wanted to start this is just to have these conversations yeah. because I was desperate for them. You know, yeah. I, I mentioned that in my intro is that, you know, especially now, like, you know, if, if you want to talk about anything that has to do with life or politics, it's like if you don't subscribe to every single thing on the liberal camp, you can't talk to anybody there. If you don't get all the things on the conservative camp, you can't talk to anybody there. Right. And it's like, and then you have all the things that you just mentioned about being detached and like you've got your phone on you all right. the time. And they're all just barriers to human beings having a real conversation. And if you and go back to the Belfry, we don't have TVs. The wet no. Wi-Fi in there is horrible. Yep. And like, like <laughs> which is that. fine with me. Like, yeah. and like, and so like, late at night with people when they're with their guard down, or just generally, they're forced to like, even like when when it's really crazy and you're putting on everyone's favorite music and stuff like that or whatever it is, it's it's people are forced to have an interaction with each other. Right. And therefore, and like you know, the bartender is is there. Like, there's no TV. To you're like the facilitator. Like, hey, what's up? Like, right. It's like, it's like it's, it goes back to people connection. I think that's part of the reason that like a lot of people, you know. Are there like it's yep they they they're forced to like be put into a social situation with less means of escape right yeah and 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 that's something that actually taught me a lot too I think me and Nate talked about that the fact that you know you're a fly on the wall for yeah. just thousands and thousands of these meaningful right. conversations yeah. and it's a lot of times you're forced to participate in them and you have to be the one to keep them going Arbiter and you're, of them, yeah. and you're, you're having these conversations with you know all different types of people right. from all over the world yeah. i mean you know in new york city i mean we're seeing everybody you yeah. know we've got college kids we've got old guys yeah. we've got you know people from all over Industry, the country yeah, yeah. everything so it, it really does teach you about the art of conversation and how to keep one going and, you know, how to get through to people right. and, 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 and dig a little deeper. And like, what do they really want to talk about? Yeah. And I, you know, that doesn't happen anymore. No. You don't, you don't find too much of it. I mean, that's one you of the big like, drivers. I wanted to do this. Yeah. It's just, it's like, dude, I never get to have these conversations. If I have to drive all over the country to, to, to have 13 of them, then I'll do it. You know? And it, it's, in, it's an interesting spot. Cause like, it's like, I talk about like these callings and like things that I want to do and stuff like that. But like the art of the real world is something that I, Oh, sorry, sorry. No, you're good. There, there's something that um, hasn't been lost on me. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like I realize that like it's like right now I'm a bartender, I'm a TA, and I'm an actor that's still working on doing it. But like, what do you do TA in? I'm a TA at NYU for a child and adolescent mental health studies class called Looking Back on Growing Up. Dude, it's a mouthful, but it's a lot of fun. I'm planning on going into mental health when I finish nursing school. That's, that, that's like my that's the thing I want to do. Yeah. yeah, I that's I mean like that's also something that like has always been interesting to me. It's like dude, a hobby. T- yeah. t- tell me a little bit about that. Like, um, how did you get into being a, a TA? What, what interested you in the the mental health class? Did you pick the class or did you just want? I mean, to it was help it was just a minor at uh, NYU. Like, okay, so it was you know it wasn't like a a big deal, but it was uh, I don't know. I've always been fascinated by why we do what we do. Like, you know, Absolutely. Like, and like, I, th- I mean, like, the drivers of behavior or something. Yeah. I mean, if you even look at looking back on growing up, like that is like the title, like you could like put that in both of the plays that I've done and be like, Oh, that's interesting, George. What are you, what are you really thinking about here? Like it's, that's, you know, you know. It, it's something, and that's it's, just a coincidence. Right. You know what I mean, but like, it's, I, 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 so I like to take, and in that class, we take uh, a lot of like coming of age movies and stuff like that. And, uh, do, uh, 
take those movies and apply like different psychological concepts to like the people in the movies and like hold a talk back so like people can talk about the characters in the movies, what they've learned in class and like how that all applies to everything. Okay. And so they write a paper every week basically reflecting on the movie and the concepts they've learned. Nice. And it's it's actually pretty interesting. Yeah, so that like, sounds like a really you cool You can class. take like what you've learned in your life, like what you've seen in art and like some of your own personal experience and write a little paper about it. And it's mostly just for like for people to start drawing connections. I, and like it's not like a super hard class where you're trying to get people to like right. what's it's, your thesis on this and just, like, like just sort of an intro sightings it's more like yeah an intro to the topics how do you, you know what do you think like let's talk about it in some intelligent way yeah, you, you gotta know? start there so so anyway no that's really that's really cool we'll have to talk a little bit more about that yeah, yeah, sure. but um so you you're a ta right. and you were starting with um all those things and you were talking about oh in the your, being in the real world maybe so that like, might have been it like yeah it might have been it you see like like the people that have you know more secure routes planned in front of them. There's been, you know, I get it. Like a, a lot of people, uh, I think that goes back to what we were talking about before, about people that, that I had, to, you know, that didn't come, didn't do it or whatever it was. It's like, there's a, it's a terrifying journey. Like to yeah. put it like bluntly to be like, all right, you know, I could, if I had stayed behind, you know, you'd be making X amount of dollars knowing this and being like, all right, well I'm bartending tonight. Like how much can I make here? You know what I mean? And then trying to have a legitimate future based on that. Do you know what I mean? Where you're just like, <sighs> All right, so I need to get here to make this, and then, but I'm also trying to do this. And you have to have, like, you have to fortify yourself to be like, listen, I understand, like, it'd be nice. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'd like to be farther along in my acting career than I am right now. Right. Or, you know, making more money in, in, a, in a way that I want to. But, like, it's something that you're like, listen, what's, what's important to you? Yeah. And, or, like, and how can you bridge the gap between, like, I'm doing this thing. Other people are are doing very different things. It's like you don't compare yourself to that. You just do the best that you can and move, you know, one step, one day at a time to try to like without like resenting people that aren't doing it or like you know or like that's don't important get it. You know too, I mean? like, right? It's like there's a very specific line where it's like I'm the bartender, you know, you're the you're the patron, you're you know however it is. It's like it's a, it's a, it's a special relationship. It's just, it's different worlds and trying to build the bridges between those worlds and right it's an interesting part of it that you i think you can understand of like yeah interpersonal dynamics of like and that's what we were talking about yeah. before was like those conversations those, those deep conversations that's it yeah and yeah i love those yeah 4 a.m i like the night shifts because like <laughs> at the end of the party when people come up to you and like be like here's what i really want to talk about or like what's up with this or what's this question like you know what i mean and they'll leave it and then just bounce into the night yeah like, i don't know man and then sometimes you get those people that come in, like they don't say anything for like an hour or two, and then they just drop this like serious philosophical bomb, and they're they're like, I don't know what to do about this, dude. I had and you're just like, whoa, yeah. Uh, I, I got your drink, buddy. I got uh, <laughs> like, well, damn, like you're dealing with some way more serious stuff than yeah. like I realized. Like, there was a guy I remember. It was it was in the Saturday night, and he was sitting, and it's it's pretty crazy in there Saturday nights. But it was he was yeah. just sitting alone at the bar for like an hour and a half, just you know, ordering a couple shots, a couple beers, but just keeping to himself and he seemed like a really nice guy like he wasn't like you know plastered or anything he was just sitting there and, he, and then he, at, at one point i'm pretty busy on a saturday and then he stops me and he's like hey mike can i tell you something and i'm like yeah what's up man you doing all right I'm, and he's like listen i'm a police officer and um this afternoon i pulled a guy over and uh, asked for his license and registration and he uh he pulled a gun on me and um he pulled the trigger but it misfired, and so I didn't get shot in the head. Or, you know, I, I, I didn't get shot, so I realized you never really know when it's over. 
And so I decided to come out tonight and have a good time. And I'm like, sir, would you like a pickleback? <laughs> you know <laughs> like, what I mean? Oh my God. And so, uh, and like, and next round. By the end of the me. night, like, like, I'm like, I was like drawing people over to him, like, yo, hang out with this guy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, was, it was just like, until like all the girls were up there, I'm like, yeah, he's a police officer, you know, like, just what like getting a like. story. It was, it was something else. And I'm like, hey, man, thank you for your service. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad you didn't get shot. And they're like, and he's like, yeah. And I just, and, and so the gun misfired. So he didn't get, you know, shot. And he stopped the guy and arrested him and everything. And it was, I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, like, of course you hear like a million stories of you never know when it's going to be over, but like hearing that in the middle of a rush on a Saturday night of a guy that literally almost got shot, Perspective. gun went off incorrectly is definitely like, yo, you know, this could be your last yeah. listening to Mr. Brightside at 2 a.m. screaming <laughs> right, at sparklers. This, yeah. So it, it really puts things in perspective. You like, don't know. You need wow. to. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, I, I think. There's certainly some truth to that, man. I mean, you, you really, it's, it sounds cliche, but you know, live every moment like it's your last. Yeah. It's, you hear stuff like that all the time, yeah. but you don't, it doesn't set in until something like that happens. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, wow, I guess grandma was right yeah. with all that stuff. I mean, said. every Saturday night, I think a lot of people don't want to wake up Sunday mornings and go back to something because like you can really tap into something late those nights that people just, they don't, they don't want to stop. And it, not even in a bad way of just like they're just really enjoying life in yeah. a way, and you get like that group mentality of everyone singing together, or whatever it is. And it's just like, all right, and yeah. yeah. But you you can't get too sucked into that scene either because it can be a very like that's all everything you do, in moderation. You know? yeah. Everything in moderation. One of those nights a month, or you know, a couple times yeah. a month is fine. And but when like you're it, facilitating it, you need to like pull yourself out and just go lay on the roof and get some sun. Yeah. (laughs) But, but yeah, I mean, you you can't do that stuff every night. You can't be like four nights a week going out just like totally, you know, I mean, we used to know people that did that. We both, wow, I used it way back in the day. So last thing I want to ask, you touched a couple of times on like the relationship that you have with God, like your spirituality and stuff like that. And so, I mean, that that wasn't one of the things I planned on talking about, but you mentioned it a couple of times, sure. and it's obviously a factor in the success that you're having and, and everything yeah. you're doing. So, so talk to me about that. Like, what is that? Have you always? Because I don't think you really talked about it as much. I before. didn't talk about it. I mean, it was when we, like when we knew each other, there wasn't. No, we, I mean, there, there was some. About. I remember you were reading a, a book of like there. I remember because I don't want to misquote what the book was called, but was, um, I was probably reading. Was like I, I read a lot of uh, Richard Dawkins' books. It was probably The God Delusion. The God Delusion, I, I, think, I think, was the, the one that I read. And I remember like Sunday nights with Nate, just giving you were drinking tecates, and I was sitting there with you and that girl, and I'm like, "But there is a God." And you're like, "No, it's all biology or something <laughs> like that." And it, or whatever it was, it was it was a good conversation. I just remember so. I mean, I guess you got to talk about like my faith journey a little bit or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd like, um, I'd, I'd like to know. So let's see. Uh, my grandma on my dad's side was going to be a nun, actually. Okay. So, um, but then she met my grandfather, and I'm alive. So that happened. <laughs> so, um, okay, that was, that was so a good turn there. That's a good good, good plot turn. twist. Let's start the good story. Good plot twist. Okay, um, I exist. I exist. That's point A. So I would say, yeah, there was. A, you know, I grew up in a Catholic house, household, so same. It wasn't. Um, strictly enforced or something like that but like i'd say uh my grandmother was definitely a uh beacon growing up of like someone like whoa she's onto something here she's definitely a real believer and i had a close relationship with her when i was really young okay and she passed away she had got cancer and she passed away when i was in like uh First grade. Oh I man, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that's young. And to, she was to like, you someone. know, she was like a spiritual center. I think in some ways of our family. Yeah. So like, things drifted away uh, after after that point. And then, um, you know, I, I'd always been like a believer and like gone like occasionally. You know, growing up, like we went a good amount when I was growing up. But then, you know, it kind of like went to the wayside and stuff like that. And then, you know, 
at the beginning of college, like I, I, a lot of the questions I was asking were, uh, um, what's the meaning to all this? Like, does God have a purpose or is there a meaning to my life? And like, I, I kind of needed to have like my own, own proof. And I remember being like at a YMCA camp when I was 11 and like, I don't know. I've just had like my own God experiences where I'm just like, I believe God is real and you know, loves me and that's a great thing. Okay. And so then like I, but I wasn't going to church. So I was kind of like a hypocrite or I wasn't really living, <laughs> you know, the Christian lifestyle or anything like that. But it's, it's interesting. Cause it's like, you get that guilt, right? Or not even, it wasn't even guilt. It was more like, um, I don't know if, if I really want to be like a, a, if I believe these things, what am I going to do to act on them? Or like, how is this going to affect my day-to-day life? Like, okay. It's like, George, how do you feel about being a, you know, this is legitimate questions you get from guys at 3M. So like, so you're, you know, you believe in God. How do you feel about being a bartender? Like, does, are you just poisoning everybody? And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, you get these legitimate questions. You're like, well, here's where I'm at with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and so then, uh, maybe the thing was about, uh, 2010, I started going to like Catholic church alone. So I would just go alone and just, then I started making it like a consistent thing. Like every Sunday I would go. That was like, my okay. Thing. I was like, every day, every Sunday I'll go. And then uh, I met a friend who's like, hey, there's this thing called Alpha. And there were these people on the Upper West Side that were hosting these things. Like, yo, do you have any quest- questions about anything? Like, what do you believe? Like, what is religion to you? And I met, uh, uh, they would go to Church of the City, New York up there. And uh, that's like the church that I go to now. Okay. And so it's, you know, I, I started going to that and getting involved in the community there. And it's just definitely been something that's saved my life, I think, in a lot of ways. Or just like being, and not in like a corny sense, but just that like I'm like, I really believe in life. And I think there's a meaning and purpose for it. And I think God loves everybody. And, and you know... We could do hours of talking on just yeah, that, just I that know. question. But like, I, I'll leave it at that. Like, yeah, I did the Alpha series, and that was really good. And then I just got plugged in that way. So, did you find that the support from just that community and that sense of like God and that sense that you know you're a part of something that's bigger than yourself? Did you, did you find that that like guided you like artistically, or, or mean, it gave for, you more support I just mean, out in the real world? I, I I definitely pray every day, and like in terms of like my art and how that goes in, it's like the stuff that I do. I don't know. I, I like to find people. I, I like stories of people found in the darkest of places, finding some one last strand of hope of something they can hold on to in their un, unbelievably broken experience and finding a way to bring that back to, to light. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, I guess some, something else that really resonates with yeah, me. Like the ultimate hero's or, journey. Or, yeah. It's like, it's just like, we are, the ship has gone down. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, it is like, and like, that's something else. It's like, it's like a lot of the stuff we talked about, it sounds great to like an early twenties person. Like we're going to go on this trip. We're going to go do this thing. Right. We're going to, we're going to do it guys. You know what I mean? And everybody Fast gets pumped up. 10 yep. years later when like the people that you're like really enjoying yourselves with like, what do you want to do? They're about to get married or like something. And it's just like, that would sound a lot better if you were tw- like 18, 19, but it's like, how do you deal with this 10 years into the journey? Right. How do you, who are you now? Did God really put something on your life? Is this what you're supposed to be doing? How are you dealing with all of the things that have happened so far to make you who you are and the parts of you that are broken? And can that be redeemed? Can that be restored? I think that's a big word, restored. Right. Because people, if they lose something if they, and they think that like it's gone for good, it's hard to restore hope in a hopeless situation. You know, if, if people are hopeless. So it's like, can you be restored and brought back? And I, I don't know. I found a lot of uh, a lot of the drive to keep going and not 
and not uh, not give up. You know, not just like in art, but like in life, whereas you're just like, you know. Well, I, that's powerful, man. Yeah, I mean, that, see, that is a powerful power. I mean, if, if you give, like you said, if somebody's hopeless, yeah. where do you go from there? But yeah. if, if religion, if, if God, if your spirituality is something that drives you to have hope and it right. makes it almost impossible to lose hope, then I would say that's as powerful as anything else we talked about. I mean, yeah. if, if not more. I think know? there's definitely like, yeah, it's like a huge, it's a battle between light and dark. And like, not, and I think that like, if we're going to talk about art for a second, I think part of the thing that like a lot of major stories have kind of lost is they get focused on the issues and don't, and or like they get focused on like the politics of an issue over the main theme of good versus evil right. or like, life versus death or like love versus fear hate. or hate. Like I think people get very focused on this. I mean, the, to be honest, like, I don't know. They can't see the forest through the trees. Right, yeah. Like they get be, lost in the details. They, they miss get, the point right, of the story. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that it's important to bring focus back to that in some ways. Absolutely. So that's, that's somehow of how I, I think that's awesome, man. Yeah. And, and Hey, like, just like for the record, like apologies if I was ever offensive with it. And no, stuff. I mean, you like, were definitely like, not. I love I was, those conversations. Yeah. Well, there. I think that it's important to have those conversations, especially about spirituality, because it's such an important topic. But it's so easy to go off the rails on it. And I think that in my younger days, as with most other things, I was like very uh, like I would just shout things angry because I grew up Roman Catholic as yeah. well. You know, I was, you know, come from a big Italian family. Both of my grandfathers were very religious. Right. And then, you know, I sort of fell away from the church in my late teens mm-hmm. and I started, um, you know, playing music. And it was never really a part of my life after that. Mm-hmm. But. I found that the the older I get and the more that I look at the sense of community that religion uh, facilitates, the right. sense of meaning, as we talked, you know, just offering hope to the hopeless yeah. and, and, you know, keeping people, I mean, I can't say enough good stuff about that because that's stuff that we really, really need. Those are characteristics that America and, and even maybe the entire world you know, I'm not educated enough with foreign politics to tell you, but that they desperately need right now. Because it's it's very easy. People get lost in the in like I think the most dangerous question is what's the point? Yeah, you know what I mean. Which if you think that if something is meaningless, there's really like no reason to continue. And on. I, I yeah. think there's a lot of that going on. And I mean. I know people like that. I'm sure you do too. The people that you know they've figured out they. They know everything. They don't understand everything. Or they th- yeah. You know I, what I mean? Like, they don't get the bigger picture. It's easier it's like, to get lost in the details and focus exactly, on Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's re- reorienting your life towards what's important. And and also, but I mean, with all that, it's like you're still trying to get where you want to be and be who you be who you feel you should be, you know? Dude, that's yeah. awesome. I think that's a great note to end it on. But listen, before we before we stop, before we stop, tell me tell me uh, one more time. Tell everybody where they can find this new yeah. play, where they can find you, social media, uh, all that stuff. I'm uh, George Carpenter on well on Facebook. That's all I've got. Actually, I don't have like an Instagram or, like tag or anything like that. But Small Engine Repair is at. Uh, Stone Street Studios, uh, August 20th to the 26th. That is August 20th to the 26th. August 20th to the 26th. Not July. Not July, August no. 20th to the 26th. Yeah, and get, get, <laughs> we'll have tickets on there, so I hope to see you guys. Now, can there. they go online and get those? Yeah, yeah, they'll be online. There's a there's a site that links the uh, for the tickets. Okay, right maybe so we'll throw that in the, yeah, in the links to the episode. that sounds good. Awesome, man. Cool. George, thanks for the invite Jason, out here. It's great talking so much, to you, man. brother. This is great. All right, that's All right, it. Take care, everybody.